It's one o'clock, I'm Pierre Tremblay. The headlines, Carrie Lam delays her policy address with two days' notice, but says it's not because she's attending an event with President Xi that day. University of Hong Kong scientists say they've identified a stomach ulcer drug as a potential COVID-19 treatment. And a long court battle ends with the government being told to rethink its policy on country parks. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, says she's postponing this week's policy address until late next month at the earliest. Instead of delivering the address in Lechko on Wednesday, Mrs. Lam will lead a delegation to Shenzhen, where President Xi Jinping will give a speech marking the 40th anniversary of the country's first special economic zone. However, the chief executive said the delay was a result of her need to visit Beijing to seek approval from state leaders on new economic policies rather than a trip to Shenzhen. The policy address is a very important event. Uh, There is absolutely no intention on my part to belittle my own policy address. I have no scheduled meeting with President Xi uh, during his uh, visit to Shenzhen. My only purpose of going to Shenzhen is upon invitation I'm leading a Hong Kong SAL government delegation to participate or to attend the um, celebration event on the 14th of October. But the main purpose of the postponement is because of the possibility of positive things and policies coming out from my discussions with the Central People's Government, the various ministries and commissions. The Let's Go president, Andrew Leung, says he respects Mrs. Lam's decision to postpone her policy address, even though it means he has to make new arrangements for Wednesday's Let's Go meeting. He said Mrs. Lam told him about her change of plans at 9.30 this morning. He said Lechko would instead address unfinished business from the last term. Obviously, I think we have to make new arrangements for Wednesday. And uh, there's minor difficulties, but it's not inconvenient. Mr. Lang said he had turned down an invitation to the Shenzhen event as he would be busy in Lechko. Paul Yip, a professor at the University of Hong Kong's Department of Social Work and Social Administration, said he'd like to see Mrs. Lam do more for education and training when she eventually makes her policy address. The founding director of the university's Center for Suicide Research and Prevention also told RTHK that a decision to strike off a primary school teacher for an allegedly pro-independence class plan could have been handled more fairly. It is show to the public and should show to the teachers that the decision has been made in a very fair and open and transparent manner and such that everybody knows how to deal with the situation. Because at this moment, it seems that the penalty itself, I think, is quite severe. We are talking about the teachers being deregistered for a lifetime. And so if he being known that it's not right, then I think uh, why we cannot give them a second chance? I mean, if he is a good teacher, if there's a misjudgment of error here, I think we should always give a benefit of doubt and also a second chance to our young people. Researchers at the University of Hong Kong say they've found that a drug commonly used to treat stomach ulcers could potentially suppress the coronavirus. They say laboratory experiments show that the drug, known as RBC, can reduce viral loads in infected cells by more than a thousandfold. Dr. Wan Zhongming from the university's Department of Chemistry says the drug is cheaper and safer than another that's used to treat COVID-19 remdesivir. 
it is very potent, as I mentioned before, and it is very safe because the RBC has been used in the clinic for many years, and it can rapidly be repurposed into the clinical trials. And third, RBC is pretty stable, and the solubility of RBC is, is, is very good, and it can store at the room temperature and without special requirements. And the inhibition of inhibitors by RBC is irreversible. And last but not least, RBC is pretty cheap. A second University of Hong Kong microbiologist has warned of a potential rapid deterioration in the COVID-19 situation here. Timmy Sung has more. Ho Pak Leung called on the government to step up inspections at venues such as restaurants and bars to ensure that they are meeting social distancing rules. He said officials should immediately prosecute businesses if they find regulations being breached. He said this would be better than risking an upsurge in cases and tighter measures that would harm the economy. Yesterday, his colleague Yun Kwok Yong warned that 10,000 people could be infected and 1,000 could die unless regulations were enforced properly. The president of the doctors' union, Yang Chiu Fat, has urged the government to subsidize the cost of visits to the doctor for people who agree to take COVID-19 tests. He said that only about half of the people with coronavirus symptoms who go to the doctor take a test, despite the fact that most cases were identified at clinics rather than in community testing. He also cast doubt on a government move to force people to undergo tests, which he said would require a change in the law. Every patient, when they go to the clinic, they are... Go to the clinic voluntarily. It's not mandatory for the illness. For any laboratory investigation, like blood taking, X-ray studies, we have to get the permission before we can get the test done. So same for the COVID test. (laughs) That cannot be made mandatory unless there's some sort of law governing that. Authorities in the mainland city of Qingdao say they'll test all 9 million residents for coronavirus in the next five days. It follows a small outbreak linked to a hospital. It's the first major mass testing on the mainland in several months. The Court of Final Appeal has quashed a government decision not to incorporate six enclaves into their surrounding country parks, ordering the Country and Marine Parks Authority to look again at the matter. The top court upheld a challenge to the 2013 ruling brought by Chan Kalam from the Save Our Country Parks Alliance, overturning decision by lower courts which had ruled against her. The court told the authority to consult the Country and Marine Parks Board before submitting new recommendations to the chief executive. Overseas, a report in the UK suggests that the pandemic has accelerated technological changes in the workplace, with some sectors experiencing five years' worth of digital transformation in just five months. The Royal Society for Arts, Manufacturers and Commerce warns that jobs in hospitality and retail are especially vulnerable. Here's the BBC's Katie Prescott. The pandemic has speeded up what this report calls the rise of the robots because of people's changing habits, public health measures and the cost of employing people. It argues that we need to start thinking about which jobs are going to survive the pandemic and that the government should focus on retraining people to work in different sectors rather than propping up hospitality and retail jobs. It says that arts, entertainment, travel and tourism roles are far more robot-proof and likely to keep needing people to do them. But as these areas are also under threat from COVID, the report says they need extra support to keep them going. The US infectious diseases expert Anthony Fauci has accused Donald Trump's election campaign of using comments made by him out of context and without his permission. 
In a Republican television advert, Dr. Fauci appears to praise Mr. Trump's response to the coronavirus outbreak. The BBC's Peter Bowes has this report. The advert was released after Donald Trump was discharged from hospital, having been treated for COVID-19. It includes a clip of Dr. Fauci appearing to back Mr. Trump's response to the pandemic. President Trump tackled the virus head-on, as leaders should. I can't imagine that anybody could be doing more. We'll get through this together. We'll live carefully, but not afraid. I'm Donald J. Trump, and I approve this message. But Dr. Fauci says he did not approve the message. The government scientist says his comments were taken from an interview months ago when he was talking about the efforts of public health officials. Meanwhile, another of President Trump's tweets has been given a disclaimer by Twitter to warn its users it may represent misleading and potentially harmful information related to coronavirus. He tweeted that he was immune after what he called a total and complete sign-off from the White House doctors. Mr. Trump said his personal physician had confirmed he was no longer a transmission risk. But doubts remain. Peter Hotez is from the U.S. National School of Tropical Medicine. What we know is that he's had the virus for 10 days and he's been symptom-free for 24 hours. But, you know, if you actually look at the World Health Organization criteria, you find that someone like the president who's interacting with large numbers of people probably should have two what are called PCR tests 24 hours apart uh, that are negative. And uh, the White House uh, physician statement never actually says that. The French interior minister has called for some types of fireworks to be banned after they were used to attack a police station. Gérald Darmanin visited the scene of Saturday night's disturbances in a suburb of Paris, where about 40 people, some armed with metal bars, smashed windows and vehicles, as well as aiming fireworks at the building. The minister appeared to link the violence to drug trafficking and said the police wouldn't be cowed. There is a turf war in the Republic as we work to reconquer, to reimpose the police presence everywhere to combat drug trafficking and to fulfill the mission of the police, there are people, bosses, thugs, who are trying to intimidate the Republic. I came here tonight to tell all those who try to test the Republic that they will not win. Representatives of Aboriginal groups in Australia are due to give evidence today in an inquiry into the destruction of an ancient site by the mining company Rio Tinto. They accuse the mining giant of undervaluing the heritage of indigenous people. From Sydney, here's the BBC's Phil Mercer. You have to remember that land is at the heart of indigenous culture and this whole issue of ownership is very different. In Western culture, people or corporations own the land. In indigenous culture, the land owns the people. Indigenous people in this country consider the land to be a living, breathing mass that's full of secrets and wisdom. And the destruction of the rock shelters at the Dukang Gorge, dating back 46,000 years, has had an immensely uh, detrimental spiritual impact on the community. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 105.47 yen. The euro stands at one US dollar and 18 cents. The pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 10 cents. Short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 24,612. That's, that's 497 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $76 billion. Sports, here's Adam Jones. 
The Los Angeles Lakers are back on top in the basketball world. They crushed the Miami Heat in Game 6 of the NBA Finals. To clinch their first championship crown in 10 years, their 17th in total. The title was in the bag well before the final buzzer as the Lakers jumped out to a 28-point lead at half. They went on to win 106-93. LeBron James scored a 28-point triple-double and was named Finals MVP for the fourth time in his career. At age 35, he's also the first player to win Finals MVP with three different teams. One thing I can do is uh, commit to the game. Um, I put myself, my body, and my mind in position to be available to my teammates. Um, I've never missed a playoff game in my career. And uh, the best thing you can do for your teammates is be available. And uh, for me to be available to my teammates and put in the work, um, I just hope I make my guys proud. And, and that's all that matter to me. I make my guys proud, make the fan base proud, my family back home. I can't wait to get back home to them. Akron, Ohio, we did it again. And, um, you know, that's what it's all about. The Lakers' title celebration in the Disney World bubble in Florida draws an end to a 2019-20 NBA season that's taken over 12 months to complete. Here's the commissioner, Adam Silver. This season restart was always about something bigger than basketball. It was about resilience and ingenuity. But it was also about racial equality and social justice. Working together teams and players. We found a way to play through a pandemic, keep everyone safe, and put a spotlight on these critically important issues. For that, every team deserves to be celebrated. Next to tennis, Rafael Nadal produced one of his finest French Open displays to stun Novak Djokovic and equal Roger Federer's record of 20 Grand Slam men's titles. Nadal overpowered Djokovic, winning 6-love, 6-2, to extend his record of 13 titles at Roland Garros. Nadal also paid tribute to his opponent after the match. Congrats to Novak for another great tournament. Sorry for for today. Uh, you know, in Australia he killed me a couple of times ago. Uh, clear today was for me. That's that's part of the of the game. In baseball, the Tampa Bay Rays stifled the Houston Astros offense in Game 1 of the American League Championship Series. Blake Snell pitched five strong innings, while the bullpen combined for four shutout innings to give Tampa Bay a 2-1 win to start the best of seven. The Los Angeles Dodgers and the Atlanta Braves will open their series in the National League tomorrow. And that's your look at sports. Adam Jung reporting. Turn the news, our top stories once again. Carrie Lam delays her policy address with two days' notice, but says it's not because she's attending an event with President Xi that day. University of Hong Kong scientists say they've identified a stomach ulcer drug as a potential COVID-19 treatment. And a long court battle ends with the government being told to rethink its policy on country parks. The news from RTHK.
afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Monday afternoon. Monday, the 12th of October, is today's date. First of all, many thanks to Phil Whelan for the morning brew. And since it's Monday, we're kick-starting uh, this week by talking about our health and fitness. And we'll be chatting with fitness coach Nathan Solia once again. This week, we'll be chatting about corrective exercises. Are you experiencing any pain or tension in various parts of your body? If so, what sorts of corrective exercises should we be doing to uh, correct our pain, sort of? you correct your pain or you can uh, get rid of it altogether perhaps with these corrective exercises do join us after the two o'clock news on the one two three show and we'll be bringing you the